There we go. Gym workout for the week. Done. But uh, thanks so much, Rob. Now I can rest. Rest in his peace. I love it how, um, you know, when you sort of uh, preparing for a, for a series and for a message, um, like, like what I've been doing over the last three weeks, that the worship that we sing kind of connects to what I had in mind so directly. I just love it how that happens. That Today is week three of the Spirit, Soul, and Body series, and um, we're talking about physical wholeness this morning. Um, being made whole and receiving healing in the area of our bodies, our physical bodies. And we go and sing a song like this, that there's power in your name. You still do miracles. There's healing in the name of Jesus. I just love it how that happens. But um, welcome everybody again to Spirit, Soul, and Body. This is, a, this is the last of the, of the series. And um, I hope it's been helpful in just giving us some, some, some basic guidelines in terms of how to live in this wholeness. Um, that Christ has purchased for us on the cross. We said that um, it's part of God's plan for us to live out the power, the love, the joy, the freedom that's in our spirits, through our souls, and into our bodies. And I hope that some of what we said has been helpful in that, in that way. And so today I want to conclude this series by talking about our bodies, the last of those three uh, compartments. And uh, I hope that you know, I can unclutter some of the noise that surrounds this topic, because there is a lot of noise out there whenever it comes to, to topics like this. And I want to land on just one very, very simple truth this morning. I want to land on one truth, one outcome. And that is, I can experience wholeness and receive physical healing in my body. That's what I want to land on. I want to land on that one simple truth. And we're going to unpack a whole bunch of scripture on this topic. But that's what I want to get, get across this morning, that we can, as Christ followers, as believers, amen, lights, um, we can experience wholeness and receive physical healing in our bodies. Amen. It's okay if there aren't amens, I know. This is, a, this, is a, this is a very big topic, and I'm aware that whenever we speak about things like this, oh, by the way, the title of our message this morning is Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare. Some of us remember that game from, from high school, Truth or Dare, right? And then it was, always got awkward when the person said Dare. And then you have to go and do something crazy. Not, not like that. But I'm, I'm aware that whenever we speak about this topic, you know, things like healing and breakthrough and deliverance, the, the room is usually divided into two separate camps, right? The one camp says, finally, we are here. <laughs> the church is alive. We are talking about healing. Let's bring out the flags and the oil and let's go for it, you know? And then there's another group of people in the second camp that are like, oh, no. I had to come to church this morning, and this is what this guy's talking about. I knew this was going to happen. It's going to get weird. I don't agree with this thing. I don't understand this thing. So I'm fully aware that whenever we bring this topic to the fore, that you usually get two, two different kinds of schools of thought. And then, of course, there's a third group that's somewhere in the middle of the two. You know, I've seen it, and it's freaked me out, but I've also heard of great stories, so I kind of want to know more. And so this morning, I really want to give us um, some, some scripture as somewhat of a, of a, of a spiritual backpack, that we can use, that we can take along our journey. Because wherever we find ourselves, you know, in, on, the, on the spectrum of those two things, uh, we, we, we might enco encounter someone along our road that either needs a prayer of healing or a prayer of support or a prayer of encouragement, or we perhaps ourselves might come across a season and we say, you know what, I would really like someone to pray for me, stand in the gap with me. And I want for us as a church to be encouraged and equipped in some way, at least to have some kind of a basic biblical understanding of the spirit, soul, and body uh, conversation. So we're comfortable enough to have the courage to actually do that, to offer a prayer or to ask for a prayer if we need one. 
And, um, you know, this, this um, idea or this analogy of a road um, is something that we're going to be speaking about throughout this morning. And I think, it's a, I think it's a very helpful one because we are all on a road on the sanctification process that we've been speaking about. You know, we explained it this way. We said that we got saved through Christ in our spirits, perfectly saved, right? We will be saved when we meet Christ in our bodies one day when he takes us home. We are being saved in the middle. And this is where this conversation fits in. This is where the spirit, soul, and body conversation lands. And, you know, whenever it comes to the topic of healing, we look in Scripture and we see that Jesus healed people in many different ways, didn't he? You know, to one person, he said, go your way. And as they went, they were healed. To another person, he just spoke. He sent forth his word. Centurion's servant, right? And they were healed. To another, he spat in the ground, made mud with his saliva and rubbed it in the guy's eyes. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's the most conventional strategy uh, to use. So if you do decide to do that, I would really encourage you to have a very clear word from the Lord before you, uh, before you rub spit in someone's eyes. Um, but I think it's important for us as, as, as a church to have something in this biblical backpack, something that we can refer to, something that we can use you know, as, a, as a toolbox of sorts, fuel, some supplies for our road so that we can unpack it as and when we need it. And you know, this, this analogy of the road um, is all throughout Scripture. Hebrews, Hebrews 12, um, it's, one of our, it's one of my favorite verses. Don't, don't worry about this production if it's not there. Oh, you guys have it. Yeah, oh, they're, they're so smart. Legends. Hebrews 12 says, Therefore, since we have such a large crowd of witnesses surrounding us, talking about the heroes of our faith, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. So you see, we've got this race that we're running. We've got this, this journey that we're on, this road that we're traveling. And I suppose when it comes to this, this topic, this conversation of, of healing, I want for us to have something to assist us along that road when we encounter people, or perhaps we ourselves need a prayer of healing, a prayer of support. And I guess, you know, that secretly building up to this, um, this, this conversation, my hope was that this would be the Sunday where we all experience something of the miraculous side of faith together as a community. You know, I thought we often hear these stories about amazing things and miracles that God does. And I thought, you know, why not, why not here in our church this morning? You know, I would like for us to be a church that has included uh, in its ministry opportunities for God to do something new, something outside the, the regular Sunday to Sunday routine. You know, because otherwise, if you don't do that, if you don't, uh, you know, trust God for, for, for moments like that, then we'll only experience an academic side of faith. We'll only have an intellectual understanding of it. And, you know, we'd really be missing out on a whole nother side of this Christian journey um, that I think is so, is so adventurous. It's so miraculous. And I think this is something that really brings significant life change. And so I suppose my hope in sharing this, this, this word with you today as we unpack Scripture that we'll have just a little bit of a window. We'll open up just a little bit of a window into what I believe God desires for each of us. And that is to bring us into wholeness through Christ. Can you say amen to that this morning? Are you with me? We're going somewhere together. So... Can we do a quick little recap uh, as we dive into our conversation this morning? We said that this wholeness road that we're walking on, this journey, is called the road of sanctification. That word means set apart for holiness. Set apart for holiness. And this is the process that we've been speaking about. This is where we get to experience the wholeness that is already in our spirits. Amen. I'm going to take that as an amen. If there's any parents or child minders that need to go there, you're welcome to go, to, to go there. This is where we get to experience the wholeness that's already in our spirits, working itself out through our souls and into our bodies. This is the process, right? And we explained it using, using uh, an analogy of a train. 
So production, if you've got my wonderful drawing, my one, the first one, up on the screen. There you go. So I don't know if you guys can see that there. It's sort of in the middle. It's a chimney. C-H-I-M-K-N-E-E. -E. Chimney. Right? I'm a train engine, the speech bubble on the left, just in case you wondered what on earth that thing was. But we said that, um, that the, the quality of the distance that we travel between when we were saved and when we will be saved is measured by how much we allow our spirits to do the driving. See, that's our spirit. That's what the engine represents on the left. That's where the power sits. That's where the captain sits, right? This is where the power comes from. That, that is what drives the rest of the train. And in week one, we said that we receive and release this power through the Holy Spirit by believing, by practicing, and by resting in God's promise. That was the conversation in week one. The second part, week two, we spoke about our soul, which is the link in the middle that joins those two, right? And we said that here we win the battle of our minds by focusing and not forgetting. We win the battle of our emotions by choosing and not reacting. And we win the battle of our wills by surrendering and not forcing, right? Emotions, mind, and will, three, three compartments that make up the soul. And we, we have to continuously renew our souls to come into alignment with God's will and purpose. And then finally, this last section where you see the three guys uh, chilling in the dining saloon over there, that is the body. That is the last part of the train. That is the coach. That is representative of our bodies, where we can touch, taste, smell, hear, and see, right? And that's the part that I want to focus on this morning. How much of the wholeness purchased for, for, for us by Christ in our spirit makes its way through our soul into our bodies? How much of it do we get to experience? Is there something to be said about that conversation? And so, uh, you know, I thought, seeing as we're speaking about sanctification and God making things new um, and, and improving things in our lives, I thought, you know, after you guys laughed at this drawing, see, so you're still laughing at it, um, I thought I would take an art class and um, <clears throat> redeem myself in some way. And so, uh, production, here we have the sanctified version of the... Um, I just want to thank Nate in Father's House North End for the drawing. Um, he said, yeah, look here, Lloyd. Uh, no, no, let me, let me just help, help out here. You just stay in your lane. I'm going to run my race. And uh, his race included doing this drawing for us. But I like it. I like how it has the, has, has the tracks, right? The track of sanctification. Uh, it gives us, helps give this message some traction as well. Okay, sorry, I'm moving on. I'll be sure to stay on track from here. Terrible. My son's five months old. My dad jokes are being renewed this morning. Um, quick little recap of the uh, key passage of scripture that helps us understand this concept. First Thessalonians 5.23. Just picture the image of this train as we, as we read this verse together. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful who also will do it. Love that verse. God himself wants us to be sanctified, blameless, and pure in every part of who we are. So where are we going today? What are we going to say that will help us live in this, in this wholeness that, that, that Christ has purchased for us and experience healing in our physical bodies? Well, what can we put into our biblical backpack? I think firstly, if we want to live in wholeness, we need to we need to dig some, some kind of a foundation, right? Some kind of a, something to base our understanding on. Throw some cement 
onto this topic so that we can move forward with some firm footing, right? We need some good shoes for this trip. So can I help lay some biblical foundations on this one, just as a, as a kind of a um, departure point? And I suppose I might have to take a bit of a sledgehammer as well and chop out some of the foundations, some of the old foundations that might still be there, like it was in my life. I had to, I've gone through a very big kind of turnaround in my thinking on this topic. I've been renewed in my soul on this topic. And um, I feel that sometimes we can get old ideas that are unhealthy, unbiblical, that kind of clutter our souls and really doesn't make for, for firm footing. So I'm going to mention a couple of them. And then we're going to get into three points in, in, in terms of how to, how to live this out. And as I said, just now, I'm aware that whenever we speak about these things, there are going to be different opinions. And that's okay. You know, I once heard a joke that you, says if you gather 10 Christians in a room and ask them a topic, you'll get 11 different opinions. And it's true. We, we tend to do this, don't we? So I'm not, I'm not trying to act as, as a kind of a, you know, spiritual or theological guru that has all the answers to, this, to, the, to, to these questions. Rather, my position for this conversation is that I want to learn from one another and grow with you, grow together as a community as we understand this, this conversation more together. And so whether you, you know, are on the one side of the spectrum and you feel like this is, you know, we're finally here, or if you're on the other side and feel like you've disqualified yourself from this conversation, I pray that both sides, all of us, would, would, would find something helpful as we lean into what God is saying on this, on this topic. So, that, so the, first, the first sort of foundation is this. I do not believe that God puts sickness on people to teach them a lesson. God is love. You say amen to that this morning. I have a serious issue with the idea of God, who is an infinitely better parent than I will ever be, deciding to teach his children a lesson by making them sick. I look at my son, Benjamin, and I go, that, that would just be a very cruel way of parenting, wouldn't it? Okay, please take this sickness, take this illness, because I want you to learn some humility. I want you to learn how to speak to me. You know, I want you to learn how to be obedient, whatever. By putting that kind of a sickness on someone, I personally have a massive issue with that. And you know, as I was saying just now, God is 100% love in all of its fullness. And I find that a very difficult um, conversation or, or sort of idea to reconcile with the nature of God that I find displayed throughout the whole of Scripture. You know, Rob mentioned it just now. We look up in the stars and you think, God, you've placed all of these stars in their correct place, yet you know me by name. You love me so intimately. How could a father like that want to put something on us to teach us a lesson? Difficult foundation because that was something that I believed for quite a while. And I had to have the sledgehammer drilled down into the, into the roots of my faith to unclutter this idea. Just look at this verse in Hebrews 1 verses 3. Speaking about who Jesus is, I'm not sure if it's on the screen or not, but this is, this is the, the, the writer of Hebrews talking about Jesus, says that he is the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the power of his word. When he had himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the exact representation of God. And guess what? You never read once in Scripture of Jesus putting sickness on someone to kind of teach them a lesson or draw something out of them in some way. It's not his nature. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Christian suffering, right? This is something different. Christian suffering is, happens, is, happens when you step out in faith for the furtherance of the gospel and you find or you meet some persecution along the way because of your faith. It's something different, right? Persecution in, and is, is something that grows us. What I'm talking about here is this, is this idea of punishment, that God would punish us because we've done something wrong. And uh, by the way, I also think it's quite dangerous to adopt that kind of a thinking to say, you know what, um, 
I'm sort of on a one-on-one interpreter basis with God. And, and you know, I'm saying that he is using this to kind of fulfill this kind of a purpose. God does not need my permission to make his decisions. He is God all by himself. And he doesn't need me questioning his decisions either. So I think it's sometimes quite a dangerous line to say, you know, ah, oh, no, God is using this. Hey, he's, gonna, he's, he's kind of teaching you this thing from, from this. You just need to embrace it, that, that, that this is his will. Not at all. In fact, Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9, we know this verse well, don't we? My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as, high, for, for as heaven is higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. He is infinitely better at being a parent than we could ever be. Amen. And his ways of doing things far exceed our limited understanding and our, and our limited capacity. So firstly, God is love. Secondly, another little foundation to lay this morning. I believe that healing comes through many different means and in many different methods. God is not limited. God is not limited. Personal, personal journey for me on this one. But, you know, we, as, we, as I said just now, we see in Scripture God, God heals people through, you know, many, many different ways. Uh, we have things like the spiritual gift of healing, 1 Corinthians 12, um, that kind of defies all human logic and science. Then there's a simple prayer of faith, James 5, which we'll read just now. And then I also believe that there's the gift of wisdom for a doctor, for a pharmacist to use their work, their skill to, to bring people into health and wellness. You know, I'm not one of those people that says, you know, that, that is trying to say, don't use medicine because medicine is evil. <laughs> you know, I'm not the person that's going to say, throw away all your pills. Uh, in fact, I've seen that go very bad for a few families who were told that. And, you know, instead of working alongside a medical professional, they had this word from the Lord and just declared, no, you're free and this. And the person stopped taking their medicine and it didn't end well. So I've seen that happen. I'm not in that camp. And um, for me, from a personal level, um, I went through quite a, quite a traumatic burnout and depression uh, season in, in 2019. And I had a very refreshing experience with a psychologist who, after, after kind of prescribing these antidepressants, um, very vulnerable, I know, but I feel like let's just be authentic about this topic while we're here, right? After he prescribed these antidepressants for me, which I was resisting, I, I didn't want anything to do with this. You know, I thought, I'm working in church, you know, God is God and he's going to heal me. He's going to set me free. He said, you know, instead of resisting these things and saying, you know, God, you know, don't, don't work with me through this. Why don't you lay your hand on the, on the, on the medication and say, God, if you want to work through this, you can. Why don't you, why don't you just work alongside something instead of resisting everything that seems to come across your path? And well, I can honestly say that it definitely made a difference. It helped me. And, and I believe that God is willing to work in whichever ways we make ourselves available to. Look at this, Luke, uh, this passage in Luke 5 verse 14. Interesting conversation. Jesus heals a guy with leprosy. He says, then he ordered him to tell no one. Don't say anything, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. I really like that, that uh, concept. You know, Jesus is, is, is saying that he acknowledges the protocols. He acknowledges what has to happen in terms of the process, but he's not limited by them. He's not limited by them. And I like that description. We respect those in authority. We respect those who have gifts, who have skills, but Christ is the ultimate authority. And he can use that testimony. He, he can use his healing as a testimony to the authorities. Amen. How many of us have heard stories about someone that was seemingly on their way out and they went to the doctor and they said, I don't have an answer for this, but you're well. That's that conversation. Jesus is able to do more than what we could ever ask, hope, think, or imagine. Amen. And um, lastly, so God is love. God is not limited. Lastly, I believe God's word 
has to remain the highest authority in our lives, despite our circumstances. God's word has to remain the highest authority. God's word is higher. God's word is higher. This can be a, some, a difficult truth, right, to, to, to let settle in our hearts sometimes. Because we don't, we don't always know where to turn or, or what to do when things don't go as, we, as, we've, as we've planned, as we've hoped. And we tend to bring God's word down to our experience of his word in this world that's really temporary, you know. And while I can't say for sure what the reasons are why we don't always experience healing, always experience breakthrough or deliverance or, you know, breakthrough of some kind, I can say with confidence that God's word is not lower than our circumstances. It's always greater than our circumstances. Amen. And if we haven't seen a breakthrough in some area in our lives, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us and it doesn't change who God is. It doesn't change who he is. You know, this is coming from someone who's lost family, friends to sickness. We've experienced two miscarriages and the, and the confusion that that brought into our marriage. And so while I don't want to minimize anyone's trauma, I, 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 you know, I do want to tell you that just because we didn't see it doesn't change the reality that God is who he says he is. And according to scripture, he says that he's our healer. And just because I didn't experience it doesn't diminish his power, doesn't diminish his nature. You know, when we, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth. Do we, do we realize what, what, what we're praying there? We're, we're saying that there is a kingdom coming, right? When Christ brings us home, there's a kingdom that now is, which isn't fully complete yet. And so my responsibility as a, as, as a believer is to bring as much of that heavenly kingdom here into the world as, as and when we live right now. That's my responsibility. Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. And so we haven't maybe yet fully realized this heaven on earth yet. We will one day. But right now, my duty, my responsibility is to fix and focus my eyes on Jesus and trust him that even if something didn't go the way I planned, I'm not condemned. I'm not judged. God is still who he is. His word is still true. Romans 8 verse 1 illustrates this point. We all know this verse. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You're in Christ. You're not condemned. Amen. So, a little bit of a foundation, right? A little bit of a kind of a firm footing set, I hope. And with that sort of, with those points as the, as the background, let's, let's quickly dive into three areas, three, three tools that we could put into our spiritual backpacks that will unlock the Spirit's power at work through our souls into our bodies. And then we're going to create a moment for, for, for those that would like prayer, uh, whether that's for healing or, or, or support or encouragement, whatever it is. But I want to create a moment for us to pray for one another after the service. Is that, is that okay? I'm telling you now, I'm giving you a heads up now so you can start to get nervous already. I've been there. I don't, don't worry, I've been there. But uh, I really do feel that, that there's something that God wants to do in this house. And if it's an emotional healing, if it's a physical healing, I just want to trust him for something of the supernatural to happen in our house this morning. Amen. Or perhaps even if it's not for someone here, maybe it's someone that, that you know that, um, that, that, that needs a, and a message like this. Perhaps that could be an encouragement for us. But firstly, okay, we've dealt with three foundations. Let's look at the first point that helps us unlock this power that's in our spirits. Let's tackle the topic of Jesus' willingness to heal. And I want to say this morning that Jesus is willing. <laughs> Jesus is willing. I suppose that it's one of the most important tools to have in our backpack to remind ourselves of, right, that when we face these moments, when we come to these seasons, it's always important to remember that it is God's will for his children to be in perfect health. Bold statement, but I believe it's biblical. Look at Matthew 8, verses 1 to 3. Talking about this guy that had leprosy that we read about just now. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. This is Jesus. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, 
if you are willing, you can make me clean. Look at Jesus' response. Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. There it is right there. And I believe if God wants to reveal his willingness to heal to a man that had leprosy in scripture, and we read in Hebrews that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I believe that he still is willing to make us whole today. Amen? Spirit, soul, and body, this is where we're going. And I guess another reason why we can make this case for, for God's willingness to heal is the fact that there wouldn't be spiritual gifts of healings and workings of miracles if it were not possible for God to still heal, right? Why would he give the church this gift if he didn't want it to be an expression of our ministry? Something that accompanied the sharing of the gospel. There's a few, there's a few reasons why, why I say that. And in fact, one of them, the second reason, is that it's in fact a commissioning that he gave to his disciples. Look at Matthew 10 verses 1. Jesus, summoning his 12 disciples, he gave them authority over every unclean spirit to drive them out and to heal every disease and sickness. He said, as you go, proclaim the kingdom of, of heaven has come near. God's reign on the earth is here through his, through his presence. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with, with leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Amazing, hey? Christ saying to his disciples, these are some of the signs that will accompany you when you go and preach the gospel. And I believe that there's still scriptural merit for us to step into that, to, to, to realize that it is God's will for, for us to be healed today. And one, one more scripture on this topic is James 5, speaking about this commission and why I say it's still scripturally relevant today. Look at, look at this as a command to the church. Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? What should he do? He should call for the elders of the church and they are to pray for him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. There's your authority. The prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Interesting conversation that, right? Quite a, quite a big scripture. James, as we know, is a very, very direct book. He's, he's the guy that says faith without works is dead. And he's kind of giving us one of the, one of the works that... that um, kind of proves our faith in this in the scripture. It's almost this, this, this understanding that as, as the church, we have a responsibility to pray for those and trust God that he will bring a healing. And I just absolutely love that, by the way, that God can and heal however he wants, yet he gives his children the pleasure of seeing it and, and, and doing it with one another, kind of sharing it firsthand. I love that how God is so, is so relational. Okay, so God is willing. Secondly, Jesus already purchased it. Backpack right? Jesus already purchased it. You don't have to beg, some, beg God for something that he has already given you. You know how it, it amazes me how often us as Christians pray for things that we have already received? You know, Lord, would you bless this day? Um, you know, bless this food. I mean, we all do it. It's innocent, but you know, Lord, can you please send me your peace? And he goes, you know, um, I've already given you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Ephesians. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You know, why do we, why do we pray for things we've already received? And I think it speaks to the same conversation about our, about our healing. So I think a better way to pray is to thank the Lord for what he has already given us and help us walk in the fullness of that deposit. Amen. Let's be confident that it has already been done. The same conversation with our, with our healing. We need to place in our backpack the confidence to pray from the perspective of God having already paid the price. He's already covered the cost. 
Look at 1 Peter 2, verse 24 to 26. This is Peter talking about Christ. He said, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. He's purchased it. By his wounds, you have been healed. It has already been done. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Friends, even if there's one thing that we get out of the message this morning, may it be this, that we can renew our minds, our souls, the link in between the two, that says, God, thank you for what you have already given to me. Perhaps that's, that's your one word for, for this morning. But um, it was something that I've really had to really dig into and, and kind of overcome myself and, and, and gain the scriptural understanding and let that truth settle and rest in my heart that, you know what, Lord, thank you. You've already paid for it. My sin and my sickness was paid for in your body on the cross. One more scripture on this, on this one. Sorry, two more scriptures on this one. Psalm 103. Again, one of the verses that really speaks about what God has done. My soul, my soul, bless the Lord and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord and do not forget all his benefits. Remember how we said that last week we must remember and not forget? Do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. Man, that's so good. I love that. Don't forget the Lord's benefits. On this road, on this journey that you're walking of sanctification, put in your backpack the reminder that God has paid the price for your sins and for your sickness on the cross. Amen? And, um, you know, I was speaking about just now some of the things that I really had to let settle into my heart and kind of get over these hurdles that I maybe thought, you know what, maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's for someone else, or maybe we're not, we're not ever going to see it. Um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things that really helped me understand it is that if sin entered the world through Adam in the Garden of Eden, and grace came through Jesus Christ, then how much more would the blood of Christ erase our sin that came from that first, that first mistake? How much more? Look at, look at Romans 5.17. This is Paul talking about this, this, this conversation. He says, if by the one man's trespass, Adamson in the garden, death reigned to the one man, how much more, how much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? You know what the truth is? Adamson cannot carry more weight than Christ's sacrifice. Adam's sin cannot carry more weight than Christ's sacrifice. And I really believe that this morning, church. I really believe that we need to remind ourselves of what is in our spirits. This is the same power. We sang it just now. The same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells also in us. And that power cannot, it, it, it cannot be overcome by Adam's sin. Christ's sacrifice is much more powerful. Amen. And then finally, one more um, one more tool to put, in our, to, to put in our backpacks before we have a moment to, to pray for one another. Um, it's not so much confidence in our faith that, that brings healing. It's our confidence in Jesus as our healer that brings healing. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. You know, I really believe that, that any sort of healing moment um, does contain an element of faith, absolutely. And, and, you know, we needing to believe God that what he said would come to pass. You know, we need to do our part as believers in, in cooperating with, with the truth of God's word, right? I mean, we can't you know, kind of live our life our own way and then turn around and blame God for things. Obviously, we need to come into alignment with his word, right? 
we should always remember that we also have a duty when it's talking about our physical bodies to honor God with our bodies. 1 Corinthians 6, 20, it says you were bought at a price. You were bought at a price. The price was Christ on the cross. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are not your own. So glorify God with what we have. But ultimately, ultimately, friends, it, this, this healing, this, this redemption that we're speaking about rests on the power of God's love that accomplishes these miracles. Because you see, the thing is, if you view it otherwise, you might be tempted to think that if we prayed for healing for someone and they never experienced it, that it was about the quality of our prayers or the strength of our faith that prevented this, this person from receiving it. And that really, really isn't true. And that's when we enter into this thing called striving, which is when we try to prove to God that he should, he should do something for us because of how well we've been behaving, you know, as, as Christians. We, we kind of step into this begging thing and, the, and we feel like the longer we pray, the better we pray, the harder we pray, we'll experience more. But really, it's actually about God, isn't it? It's not about us. So let's focus our eyes on what God is doing because he is always working, right? We love that song, Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, you're, you're working. And even if we don't see the physical healing initially, you know, that might come, come later. But what, what's happened in that moment is that the person has, has stepped forward one step closer to God's love. And that's what's, that's what's most important. That's what's most important. Speaking about love and God's love for us, I'll, I'll close with this, with this scripture. First um, John 3, 19 to 24, um, speaking about the love of God and kind of reminding us that it really is all about him. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts. <laughs> he knows all things. I love that. Even if we make a mistake, even if we slip up, even if we fall, God is greater than our hearts. Man, that's awesome. Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. What's his command? That we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. I love that. I love that. That's about him. And Jesus is enough. The confidence that we have as believers is not in our ability. It's not in our gifting. It's in the one who calls us. It's in Christ who is our healer. Amen. So uh, could I ask us to stand this morning? And um, oh, thanks, Rob. I've asked Rob just to come and join me up on the stage. Um, I don't know, just the preacher just feels more confident when there's a, a really gifted keys player behind him as he closes the service, a little trade secrets there. But um, I said at the beginning, of the beginning of this message that I really want to create a space for someone. Um, maybe it's someone that you know that's not even in this room physically right now um, to receive a healing of some kind. I hope that in the conversation and in the unpacking of Scripture, you received, even if it's one little deposit, into your backpack, into your biblical backpack. Maybe it opened the window just a little bit into what I believe is God's desire for His children. And that's to live in wholeness, spirit, soul, and body, wholeness. And I hope that um, we would have the confidence to really take God at His word. You know, His, His word says that it will always accomplish the plan for which He sent. It will never return to Him void. It'll never return to him void. And so, Father, every word that you have spoken to us this morning through your word, um, I pray that you would make come alive by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that it's not about us. Um, it's not about our merits because grace is undeserved favor. None of this has got anything to do with us, Jesus. It's, it's all because of what you have already purchased for us. 
And so I thank you for your word that is life, health, healing to us, Lord. I thank you that according to the scriptures at First Peter, that you have healed us. You have set us free. You have saved us. And we just rest for a moment in that truth and, and pray that you would let that truth settle in our hearts. And Father's house, I guess with every eye closed this morning, um, just as an act of, of, um, of honor to, to the moment, um, if that is you, if you, if you do feel like you, you would like someone to pray for you this morning for a healing of some kind, I don't need to know what it is. It's immaterial. God knows what it is. He knows your heart. I would like for you to just respond. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. It's not one of those services. I just want you to respond and say, yes, Lord, thank you that you know my needs and thank you that you're able to heal me and I'd love just to stand alongside you and actually do that. So would you would you mind raising your hand for me? Just long enough for me to see it. Church, if that is you this morning, thank you. There's a few hands that have gone up in, in the building. And I'm just so aware that, that God's spirit is connecting with our spirits in this moment. And maybe even if that's not you this morning, if you know someone that, that is going through a difficult season like this, someone along your road that you've encountered that needs a friend to stand alongside, that needs some someone with a little bit of biblical tools in their, in their backpack to offer them a prayer of support. Maybe you could just think of that person now in this moment. But Lord, for every hand raised, for every heart that that represents, for every family, for every need, I thank you, Jesus, that you would speak forth your word of healing and bring a breakthrough in your name. Jesus, I thank you that your name is greater than depression. It's greater than sickness. It's greater than brokenness then disqualification, then insecurity, then fear. I thank you, Jesus, that when we speak forth your name, when we speak forth your name with faith, believing you, we will see miracles. I thank you that, Lord, that it is your desire for your children to be in perfect health in our spirits, souls, and our bodies. And so for every request this morning, Father, I pray that you would do a miracle in Jesus' name. Would you bring wholeness, Lord, complete wholeness, by the power of your love. Thank you that you've given us the ability to fix our eyes and focus our eyes on you, Lord. Thank you that you are love and love in all its fullness. There's no fear. There's no condemnation. There's no shame in your love, Jesus. And I pray that for every hand raised, for every request, every person represented here or elsewhere, that you would reveal to them the depth, the height, the width, the length of your love. And that we can never be separated from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I honor you for that all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Church, can we give God a shout of praise this morning?